0: Hey what's up y'all it's the Hoopla with Sean and Sean podcast I'm your host
1: Sean C. Taylor and I'm your host Sean B. Taylor and today we have a very 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 special episode our first ever guest Uncle Trey is in the building. Yeah. What up, Uncle Trey?
2: What's happening, man? Hey,
1: Leo, this is my day one brother right here. We've known each other since we were five years old, man. So over 30 years. My bro, for real, right here. Very knowledgeable dude about basketball and sports in general. So we're very happy to have him on the Hoop Life podcast, man. Thank you for joining us, big dog.
2: No problem, no problem. Thank you for having
1: me. Of course. So first let's let's give a, a a round of applause to the ladies of the WNBA. Just got their new CBA, right? Yeah. So according to SB Nation, the WNBA's new collective bargaining agreement comes with substantial pay increases upgraded travel accommodation, and paid maternity leave, all right? So right. doing some digging on this, man, because I'm going to be honest. I don't know very much about the WNBA other than the fact that the Mystics are the reigning champions. Shout out to them, <laughs> right? Washington right. Mystics. Somebody's winning in Washington. um, Nationals, too. Okay? Yeah. But, yo, so now they're saying top players can earn up to $215,000, which is a $100,000 increase from last season, Right? Players with little experience, two years or less, can earn up to fifty-seven thousand dollars, which is up from forty-two thousand dollars. Mm. And players with more experience, that's like middle of the road, three years or more, can earn up to sixty-eight thousand dollars, up from fifty-seven thousand dollars. Yo, they making in the thousands. Yeah. <laughs> like in the league, minimum for the NBA is what we look up is like six, seven hundred thousand. Yeah. For a rookie, that's the minimum. Yeah. What, what, do you, what do y'all think about that, man? Like, is this going to help the, the WNBA become more popular? Is it just like a good look for the ladies, but it's not really going to move the needle for the fans? What do y'all think?
0: Um. Well, I think that it's kind of like a start, really. Okay. Um, and I thought, you know, I, I thought about this right before the podcast. I was like, well, I mean, like, the men, you know, can get up into like, for a year, like the 30, 40 million sometimes. Right. So I think that it's a start, and maybe one day, like, it, but it will take some time. But maybe one day, um, the ladies, you know, will be able to make as much money, or um, they'll, they'll be able to make that much money, or um, the NBA and WNBA players will m- be making um just as much money. So they'll be making the same amount of money. You think the
1: WNBA players make as much as the NBA players? Maybe I you mean. You think they're gonna go from two hundred fifteen thousand to thirty five million? Never. I mean, never. <laughs> I mean,
0: I mean, I mean, if they, I mean, like, if it really like becomes an issue, then and the WNBA players are really starting to get upset about it, right? Or in like stop and. Decide like, oh, we're not going to go. We're not going to play. Like, we'll just go do something else. And, right. You know, maybe, maybe. I don't know, though.
2: Big Trey, what are you thinking, man? <laughs> he said never. Why do you say never? Business model. Like, okay. You know, for most of these owners, they own like other franchises, other teams or right. big business. I mean, it's sad to say, but a lot of times the WNBA team for them is just a tax write-off. Mm, like they wow. don't, they will, they don't generate enough revenue to pay them millions of dollars with right. like the NBA. Right, right. Like, I mean, you have to be a true basketball fan to really appreciate the WNBA. Right. Because I mean, what separates them from the guys is not the skill. You have people out there, Tarassi right? You know, Candace Parker. They can do anything with the ball a man can do. Facts. But you know. The Athleticism, the speed of the game, the dunking, all that other stuff—like it's not as common. So, yeah. to an average person, right? Like you know, it's not as entertaining. Right. That's why if you look up in the stands at the WNBA game, some of them now don't even play in the main arenas anymore. Oh wow, I didn't know that. So, like you know, the, you have to generate revenue to pay them. Like a man. Facts. And until they get there, it's not gonna happen, nah, bro. Yeah, don't, yeah. Don't have that kind of money. You're talking about them getting moving to two hundred and fifteen thousand, right? It's people in my building that make that. People sitting at a desk. (laughs) Right. And they're not even bosses.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. Yeah. That's a really good point. And so I I agree with you, Trey. I don't think that they're going to make as much as the men. Um, But what I do love about this new CBA is the fact that the profit-sharing model is changing. And so I didn't know until this new CBA... The women, the, the split for the WNBA players and owners was about 20-80, twenty 20 percent to the players, 80% to the owners. With the new CBA, is going to be around 50-50, which is similar to what it is in the NBA, which I think is more fair at least. So even though they may not make the millions of dollars, at least they're getting more of the generated revenue that you spoke of, right? Um, so I, I'm, it's a start, like you said, Sean, but I don't know if they'll ever quite catch up.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: But either way, shout out to them. I'm always for people getting more money, especially absolutely, people, especially folks who are who are playing for the love of the game and putting their, their their bodies out there on the line. Right. So, yo, last episode we talked about Zion. When is he gonna come back? Right. Mm-hmm. Like literally two days later. The Pelicans announced that he was going to come back on Wednesday, January 22nd. Well, wasn't it wasn't it at first Thursday, right? So at first it was a rumor that he was coming back last Thursday, but the Pelicans never confirmed that. The date they confirmed is Wednesday, January 22nd oh. against the Spurs on ESPN 9:30. The shameless plug, right? Well, not shameless plug, but a plug for them real quick. Yeah. Yo. So, what can we expect from the debut of Zion?
0: Mm, okay, so it is against the Spurs, and I know that the Spurs have had um quite a bit of struggles this season, mm-hmm. um just, like, winning games, and so it was the, the Pelicans, who I feel like once they add Zion, are really going to be kind of a scary team to play, or, like, a little bit intimidating, kind of.
1: Wow, intimidating, okay. Like,
0: like, it, like in the playoffs, it's like a... like.
1: If they make the playoffs, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. If they
0: if they make the playoffs. <laughs> if if the Pelicans were to make the playoffs, uh-huh. I feel like they could give they can give
1: um some teams some problems. Right. Definitely. Why? Definitely, why do you think they give some? Why do you think they give some teams some problems?
0: Because you got players like Brandon Ingram, who's got the length and you know got the um skill set. He's got a good skill set. Mm-hmm. And then you have Zion, who's just crazy athletic and just can. He's a bully kind of. right. He's like, right. He's like he's a really good slasher. And
1: Lonzo's playing well. He had a yeah. triple double yesterday against. Who they play against? Uh, Clippers. Clippers, that's yeah. right. Yeah. yeah. He had a triple double. He's been playing great.
0: Yeah, Lonzo, he's also athletic, can play really good defense. Is a is a really good facilitator for the Pelicans. Um Drew Holiday who is um who's pretty good defensively and he can, and he can knock down some shots for you. Mm-hmm. Um, in the like, 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 if they didn't have Drew Holiday, then the Pelicans would kind of just, like, they, they would be missing a really big piece, I feel like.
1: Right, but what do you expect from Zion? From Zion. In this debut? We're about halfway through the season, so he's got right around 40 games left. What do you expect for him in the debut on Wednesday and just going forward for the rest of the season?
0: Mm, I expect him to get everyone involved and for him to get about at at least like 20
1: you think he's gonna average 20 points a game
0: no i think i think on wednesday yeah on on wednesday and for the the season i think he can average just around 20 okay because he's still young and there's only half season left right so i think
2: just about 20
1: okay what about you big trey what are you thinking
2: I don't know. I'm curious to see how they incorporate him into the game plan. Yeah. yeah looking me too. at how they play now, like a lot of Zion's highlights, he has the ball, he's dribbling up the court, he's right. making plays. But, you know, if he's handling the ball, Lonzo's not giving you anything. Right. Ingram, to me, is their best ISO player. He's yeah. having a hell of a season, yeah. getting buckets. I agree. I mean, again, like, you know, putting somebody like Zion, who's the number one pick, high profile player, big expectations, like it's going to come at a cost to somebody else. Right, right. So I just That's a want good to see point. like how they move them around. Like yesterday they played the Clippers, no no Drew Holiday. Right. They played them tough, took a L. Right. But you know they look good as a unit out there. So yeah. when you put you can't just insert a piece like that and make it seamless. Right, right. So I mean, again, I think it will be exciting. He'll definitely give you some highlights, but Right. You know, I think it'll take them a while to put it together as a team and people have to accept new roles. Right, right. So, you know, I'm just looking. A couple of dunks. They're playing the Spurs. Right. I don't think it'll be that entertaining of a game outside (laughs) of watching, you know, how Zion is in his debut. Right. But, you know, I'm with I think he could get around 20. Right. I don't think they win the game, though.
1: Right. Okay. So you think San Antonio wins the game.
2: Yeah, gotcha. that's a hard piece just to put in there.
1: Yeah.
0: So wait would would you think would you like to see Zion moving off the ball more?
2: I mean, at the NBA level, I don't know how he like again like how he would play. He doesn't have three point range, right? So wherever Zion, if he's not handling the ball, wherever he catches it, it'll have to be you know mid post, maybe like you know in that top of the key area, and you know it's a matter of trying to break down the defense and score, right? But, like, you know, who do you take out of the lineup? Probably Derek Favors. Yeah. So, fine. You take him. He's not in the way. But, like, you still got to see him play in the flow of an offense. That's where that coaching is going to come in. Right. Like I don't know what kind of set they're going to run. But, you know, I think having Zion and Brandon Ingram with the type of season he's having. Right. You know, only one of them can have the ball at a time. Right, right. Zion can't shoot, so he wouldn't be the one off the ball. It would have to be Ingram. So right. I just need to see how that works out.
1: Yeah, and I think to your point, you can't expect this to just be a seamless transition, right? Especially with only 40 games left in the season and him being high profile, like you said. Um, the thing that I do love about the Pelicans is that they've got a lot of momentum right now, and they're just playing. They're, they're gelling at the right time, and they're playing high-paced type of offense like they scored hundred and plus points um against the clippers yesterday 130 130 points against the clippers yesterday 80 of those in the first half which is yeah. a, a, like a record that's the hot tie for the first most they've ever scored and yep. so again we go back to lonzo lonzo's really pushing the pace so on on missed shots they're pushing the ball up the court on May's shots. Lonzo's calling for the outlet quickly. Hey, let's get this in. He's throwing those hit ahead passes, and they're getting quick buckets. So it will be interesting to see how Zion uh, moves off of the ball and to see if he can kind of you know find his his gap so to speak um, to get around the rim. Cause like Uncle Trey said, the the shot I don't think that's gonna be there at yeah. all. <clears throat> I think he's gonna really struggle with that initially.
0: Yeah, but I think Zion, if um Lonzo wants the ball to get, if Lonzo wants to inbound quickly and wants to get a quick bucket, I feel like Zion is going to be a force and really help them with that. Yeah, Cause no, he, I agree. Because he can definitely get down court and, you know, just get around, make him want to do an easy dunk. But then, like like y'all said, um Brandon Ingram is also going to want the ball, especially with the type of season he's having. Right. And, you know, it, like, only one of them only one of them really is gonna like there's only one ball,
1: right? Yeah, there's only one ball. <laughs> yeah.
2: So, so yeah. In transition he'll be fine. Yeah. Like, you know, playing a team like the Spurs like the Spurs, their discipline. Right. They get back on defense. They can methodically run their offense and get buckets. When you're not in transition, you gotta come up a half court, set up your offense and get into it. Like, right. I just wanna see how the coach positions them and how they actually run a half court set with Lonzo, who's not generally been a shooter, but he had a good day yesterday. Right. With Zion, who is not a shooter. Right. You know, you, and you have Ingram out there, who's kind of an ISO player. Mm-hmm. And then whoever else they toss in the starting lineup, whether it be Redick and Favors, and they go a little bit smaller. Right. Like yesterday, they put Reddick and Hart out there together. Right. You know, I just see how they mix up the lineup and see what they do running the set.
1: Right. Yeah, it's going to be interesting for sure. Is it possible? And we kind of talked about this last episode. Is it possible that if Zion goes out there and just absolutely destroys people and destroys the rim, averages say twenty two and ten and the Pelicans make the playoffs over the Grizzlies who are currently in the A spot, can Zion win rookie of the year?
0: Yeah, but those are big ifs. <laughs> yeah,
1: that's true, though. <laughs> hey, kill me with that. Those are big ifs. Yeah. But if those things happen, if it, you think he can win it?
0: Uh yeah, it, 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 all happen, right. if all those things happen, if all those things happen, then yes, I think he can win it. And,
1: <laughs> and
0: yeah, and they they got and like you said, they got all the moment, They got a lot of momentum right now. Right, right. So
1: I mean,
2: Uncle Trey's not feeling it. <laughs> Rookie of the year on half a season would be tough. It would be tough, especially if Jab maintains the pace that he's at now. Yeah, he's playing great. That, that dude is playing tough, and he's giving you highlights. Yeah. And his team is overachieving for what people, you know, were thinking this year. So. That's a fact.
1: That's a fact.
2: Uh, half a season? Yeah. Whew.
1: Yeah. <laughs> Look, maybe I'm just I'm just being selfish, and I just want to see that two-horse race. Um, because I actually, before the season, picked Ja Morant to win Rookie of the Year, just because the, the NBA really favors guards this year. And I think, I mean, not this year, in this era. And he, I think he's a more complete player right like he can handle yeah. the ball he can uh pass the ball he has elite vision and he can shoot the ball and he's athletic whereas yeah. Zion I think back like what we were saying before I think he's going to struggle with that jump shot some because um, that thing is a line drive but hopefully yeah. he can make it into a nice two-horse race last thing on this topic so right now Memphis to Uncle Trey's point is overachieving they're in the eighth spot
0: yeah, right? with a negative record.
1: With a, with a, with a loser record, 20-22, and 22, but that's still pretty tough for the West, right? Yeah. Now, San Antonio is only one game behind them in the loss column, right? Uh-huh. And then New Orleans is five games behind Memphis, right? And you yeah. got Phoenix is in the mix, Portland is in the mix, right? right? Of those three teams, Memphis, New Orleans, and San Antonio, which has like a 20-year run of making the playoffs, right? Who would you guys yeah. rather see get that A spot and make the playoffs? The
2: Pelicans. <laughs> the Pelicans, hands down? Yeah. I mean, for for entertainment purposes only, I'd probably lean toward the Pelicans or the Suns. Right, okay. Either, either one of them's getting swept. Right. So, <laughs> right. By the Lakers. Right. Yeah, they're, they're, their playoff run, regardless of who gets that one seed, is going to last four games. <laughs> right. <laughs> one week. Huh? Yeah.
0: They're, get, yeah. like, they're getting swept by my Lakers, though. By your Lakers? By my Lakers. Okay.
1: Though. Um... Yeah, it, it's funny because I I would love to see New Orleans or Memphis make it because I'm very high on Ja and Zion and Brandon Ingram. I like him a lot. Yeah. Um, but I love Popovich, so I would hate to see his playoff run come to an end, but, you know, such is life, right?
0: Yeah, I'd I like to see the Pelicans make it, you know, because, like, if Zion it goes against probably like LeBron yeah. AD. Uh-huh. and AD, and and you got Ingram, who you got Ingram and Zoe who were former Lakers, I feel like that would just be better, like entertainment wise, oh. and there'd be more
1: stories towards that. Oh, That's a good
2: point. That's yeah, some good point. I mean, the, the only story would be how good of a trade that was. <laughs> <laughs> right. it, it was a good trade, though. But, you know, we gave you these guys, and you got swept. <laughs> <laughs> we, we gave you three players. We got one, and we swept. <laughs> right, that's a good that's, point. That's a real short story. <laughs>
1: <Right>? True. <laughs> hey, look, the one line is just me, Uncle Trey, bringing that heat, man. Yo, so okay. Well, let's let's kind of pivot and switch topics. Uh, so recently, well, maybe like a week week and a half ago, yeah. Rick Carlisle um, made the press because the guys on TNT. Uh, Chuck and Ernie and Kenny and Shaq they were killing Kristaps Porzingis for not posting up more. Yeah. And Rick Carlisle came to to the Unicorns defense and uh he said, quote, a post up is not a good play anymore. It's just not a good play. It's not a good play for a 7 foot 3 guy. It's a low value situation, right? Yeah. And so then you get these stat guys that are saying, well, if you look at Chris Stapps in the post, he doesn't produce enough points, whereas if he's doing the pick and pop or spacing the floor, running the trail or whatever, he, he produces more points per possession, right? Yeah. And then a few days after that there was a shot chart that came out comparing the O one, O two NBA season to the eighteen nineteen season, and it was like the top two hundred shots from the floor per spot or whatever, right? Yeah. And in 0-1 and O two you have all these dots from you know, the, around the three-point line and the mid-range and around the rim. Whereas in eighteen nineteen, everything is from... It's either a three or it's in the paint, right? Yeah. So it kind of speaks to, to Coach Carlisle's point, right? Right. Are, are big men effectively dead? Like, was he right? Are they not good shots? Are those low-value situations for big guys to, to post up?
0: Um, I feel like no i feel like he i feel like he's wrong Uh i feel like people are just not going to it as much right okay because i like a couple years ago we had another seven foot i never another dude who was seven foot three who played for the mavericks Dirk Nowitzki. right and you see that was his signature move he could always go to it
1: right right and it
0: usually just be cash right right
1: yeah, that's a great yeah, point. Yeah,
0: and then if you want and you can even go down to dudes who are below six foot ten, like six foot six. Right. Jordan, like right. he produced so many points from the post up right. and just fading away. Right. And I feel like
2: the NBA is just going away from the from the post up move.
3: Right, right. Yeah. We think big dogs
2: different eras though. So post up play being like um Component of your offense, that's definitely dead. Uh And I think that just kind of slows down the pace of the game and negates too many of your other players. Mm -hmm. You just have the big man there by the basket, kind of just in the way. If you look at the teams that have been winning championships, I mean, outside of probably Tim Duncan, when's the last time a a marquee big man has won anything? Right. Uh, It's like, it's a different era. Like, you got to think, right now, teams in the NBA are averaging north of 110 points a game. Generally, and if you go back to the era of the big men, like when we were younger, you know, the '90s or whatever, it was it was rare that you really saw p- teams hit a hundred.
1: Yeah, that's true.
2: I mean, like, so I think it is a a low low percentage play unless it's like a situational thing. Right now, if you're down one, you just need one bucket. And you have, like, a a big man like, you know, Jokic or whatever, somebody that can just get you that bucket, cool. Right. But as far as coming down and having a big man that can't space the floor. Right. just slows down your team, right? Right. It doesn't do much for you. Well, see, I I think it's kind of somewhere
1: in the middle because, like, I get what you're saying that basketball in this era is more so about the space and pace, right? But, like, we watched the Mavericks game. We've watched a lot of Mavericks games this year, right? Yeah. And – There are a couple plays in particular where Chris Stapps posted up. He's not a good post-up player. No. Like, he has weak lower body strength, and he doesn't have a lot of moves, right? So it's like, I understand why it's a low-value shot for him because he's not a good player. But if you took someone, um, whether they're 7'3", or whether they're 6'3", right? And they were a dominant post player. They could, you know, fade. They could hit you with the up and unders. They could shoot with the right or the left. I think it would be different and a perfect example of that to me is Kawhi Leonard your boy who you love right Kawhi is a murderer in the post if you play him one-on-one he's gonna kill you every time like he was he hit Josh Hart with some reverse pivots yesterday spin moves pump fakes like it was beautiful to watch Mm-hmm. That's
2: a little bit different, though. You're talking about a, a guy that can post. Right, Kawhi is a he's a wing player. Right, like he has a high three point percentage, and he just has an all around game, like a Jordan, right, like a Kobe that can use that post situationally. Right. But if Kawhi couldn't step behind the line or play off the bounce or anything like that, right. his post-up game wouldn't be nearly as effective. That's right. just one more way for him to kill you. It is. So, yeah, like I said, if you have that as a component that you go to now and then... Right, right, okay. Ooh, but if you're talking about somebody that's dependent on playing around the basket... Right. that nah, time's up. Yeah, nah. I agree. What do you think, Sean?
0: Like,
1: like, it... it it's just over. It's a wrap. We're never going back to that. Never.
2: <laughs> I mean, Dang. first the WNBA, not the post players. I mean, yeah. WNBA rapper. will get those millions first.
0: I, 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 I have to. I have to agree. We're we're probably just gonna go to. We're gonna probably have to go. Like the NBA is probably just gonna go like further and further beyond the three point line, or mm-hmm. like just shoot or keep shooting more threes. Um, but I, I don't really see us going back to the um, post up move. I, I hope we do. I right. hope the NBA does, but okay. I don't think it's gonna happen. Why, why
1: do you hope that we do? And it's rare for for a young man of 13 to say that, right? Because I think most kids your age would be like, "Nah, shoot the three, shoot the three. Why do you say that?
0: Because it's just it's just better basketball. Okay, it's just better basketball and. <laughs> I, yeah, I'm. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what? What makes you say it's better basketball?
0: I mean, because like, like you said, like people are arguing now that Klay is like the best player in the game, and you see, he is—he posts up a lot. Yeah, he posts up a lot. Jordan. He was he's the goat, right. and he posts up a lot. Any of you, in Kobe, he posted up a lot. But you're talking Just- about
2: situational basketball. Like Jordan, they ran the triangle offense, so and so did Kobe. So a lot of times they would have that wing entry into the post and let him work. Right. But again, that was back in the day where you know you could hand check people. So playing on the perimeter with those rules back in the day didn't really favor shooters because right. you know they could just keep that hand on the hip right. that forearm that's on you and when you raise up that's going to throw your shot off that's a three point. point shot much lower percentage Yeah, but like again today one the reason you're never going to get that back is because what kid wants to go out there <laughs> go to the park or go in the gym and work on his post game Right, right, and like that be like a major staple right right it's like you gotta teach that young. You're not gonna get to the NBA and then become a post up. Right. Player. That's a great so, point. I mean, it starts early. Nobody's going to do that. And then if you look at sports in general, everybody except like baseball, every they want points. Right. All the rules favor you scoring more. Good point. Post up game slows you down, takes the score down. Right. So I mean, I just done.
1: Yeah, I mean I kinda I agree with both of you. I do think that the post up is probably dead. Um and I do think that it should be a component of your overall game. But I also agree with Sean where I would like to see more people do it. Because um, I love watching Kawhi Lennon, right? Much more than I love watching like a James Harden, per se, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> hey, not that, sorry to take a shot at your boy, Uncle Trey. But like, if James Harden could post, he would truly be unstoppable, right? But the fact that he cannot post at all, right? It's like he's, he's got a major hole in his game. And so I look at, again, Kawhi or even like Kevin Durant, right? Yeah. Kevin Durant added that post-up to his game, and he became unstoppable. Like, he's shooting a three. He's coming at you off the bounce. He's posting up and just turning and shooting over like Patrick Beverly and the guys from the Clippers last year. They couldn't yeah. stop him, man. Right, but that
2: yeah. situation – I mean, if you're talking about post-up, like, should people like or kids learn – to you know operate a little bit from the post okay right. I can give you that right right but like you know we started this by talking about like the traditional big man right so you're talking about like a 7 footer not a Kevin Durant 7 footer right that can, right that can handle the ball right shoot from 35 right, feet right. like you know that's different but if you're just talking about like an Andre Drummond type big <laughs> man like, <laughs> like do I want to Andre see- Drummond yeah <laughs> Hey, hey, don't act like that dude doesn't get, like, 20 and 10. Yeah. But, like, you know, as far as that being, like, you know, the component of his game, no, that's done. Yeah. Like, again, a guard that can post, I'm with you. Yeah. Just because sometimes you just need to get an easy bucket. Right, right. That is kind of entertaining to watch. Yeah. But traditional big men are never coming back. Right, (laughs) right. You know, especially since a lot of the big men we get now, overseas players. Right. Or you get somebody, you know, again, like a Kevin Durant, that's a a perimeter player. right? Right, right. Every all the kids now dribble shoot.
1: Right. Well dribble, you brought shoot. you brought up an interesting point. Sorry to cut you off, but you brought up an interesting point about how it starts young. And most people do not want to do that work, right? But if someone were to develop that at a young age and they had the athleticism to do it, I kind of feel like it would be like releasing a honey badger into like a hen house. Like it would be just ridiculous. Right If you got a guy who is six, six or above who had that in their game, right? Because even someone like LeBron, LeBron's not a good post player. Mm-mm. He just kind of backs you down, tries to move you out the way. he passes great out the post, but he doesn't have moves, right? Mm-hmm. If you took someone with a LeBron like athleticism or even a little lower than that because he's a freaking nature right and had taught them how to post early, I mean, would they average like 45 points in today's NBA?
2: Sure. Again, if you're talking about a wing, a perimeter player that can operate in the post. Right, okay. Yes. I'll, okay. I'll give you that. It would be no, bad, right? That, that, that's very useful. Right. right. <laughs> very useful. But if you're talking about a big man that can't play on the perimeter, right, okay. Situational basketball. Okay,
1: all right. That's fair. That's a great point. Um. So, t- I'm sorry, do you have something to add, son? Oh, no. Okay, so talking about great post players versus non great post players, right? Uh, Recently, my man, one of my favorite players of all time, Charles Barkley, a.k.a. Chuck, Chuck Wagon, took some more shots at Draymond Green, right? So he kind of made made news a few years ago where he said he'd like to punch Draymond Green in the <laughs> face, right? Sound like a pure hater on that, right? But recently, he said about Draymond Green... Draymond, and another quote, Draymond don't talk as much since he's averaging that triple single. I'm like, man, he killed him with that, right? So I had to look. Obviously, we know that Golden State is not doing well this year, right? No. They're missing some key pieces. But I had to look at Draymond's actual numbers, right? Mm-hmm. So this year, he's averaging 8.5 points per game, Goodness. 6.3 rebounds, Goodness. and 5.5 and assists, right? Yeah. That seems awful, for a quote-unquote max guy who's an all-star and draymond does talk a lot right mm-hmm.
2: but then i looked at his career numbers right yeah his about guy, the same. Right? <laughs> yo, i understand why people are tripping he's doing the same thing he's always done yo you're absolutely
1: right for his career he averages nine points a game seven rebounds and five assists right i'm like yo like uncle trey just said It's the same thing, right? Virtually the same thing. But the glaring part to me for this year is that he's shooting 38% from the field and 27% from three, and he's only shooting eight shots per game, right? Does Draymond deserve the smoke that Chuck is giving him right now? Yeah. yeah.
2: (laughs) Uncle Trey's like, I don't know about that. I, I mean, again... Draymond talked a lot about team success and now that like, you know, he's quote unquote the guy, you right. know, it's a humbling experience. <laughs> right. But Draymond never talked like, you know, he was that guy. Right, right. Like everybody knows that like, you know, the money he got, he's worth that money to a healthy Warriors team. Right, right. Like, you know, no other non-title contender would probably pay Draymond a hundred million dollars. Not at all. Because they know he's not a you know, take over the game, put a team on my back kind of guy. Right. He's probably the league's best utility player. Yeah. I so agree. I mean, it's funny. You know, <laughs> right. and, and when Chuck it's killed him with that, there's nothing you can say about <laughs> right. it. It's entertaining. It is. But I'm like, you know, to me, I look at it like, okay, you know, he maintains the same level of play he's always had right. with the B list dudes. <laughs> right. So I'm like I, I, It's it's, it's, it's funny, but I think it's kind of unnecessary. Right, right. No, I agree with that. Chuck, he never
1: skips an opportunity to take a shot at someone, especially Draymond. I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because he's a fellow undersized big man, so to speak, or he just thinks Draymond talks too much or what, but... He stays taking shots at him. Well,
2: Draymond's that dude, you like you love to hate him.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Because that's
2: he always has something to say.
1: Right, right. So. And he and he plays really hard and like you said, he's a great utility player. So if he if you're playing against him, you hate him, right? If you're playing with him, you love him. Unless you're Durant. Right. <laughs>
2: Unless you're
0: Durant. <laughs> He rode
1: out. Oh, Director was say, like,
2: really he was like, I'm out of here, right? He
0: went to the whole other side of the country, <laughs> right?
2: Like, <laughs> he was like, man, I take Kyrie over this dude, <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> Yo, hey,
1: speaking about Kyrie, real quick, can we have a sidebar? Another con- Kyrie controversy, right? Well, matter of fact, hold on, Let, let's let's talk about this breaking news real quick, and then we'll get into Kyrie. Okay, so. It's looking like or is recently reporting that Steph Curry is eyeing a March first return from his broken hand, right? Okay. And his fellow Splash brother is looking at a late February, March return as well. Is this a good move for them or a bad move?
0: Um It, it really doesn't matter. I mean like <laughs> I mean like things are always gonna change. They're gonna start winning more games, right? but like they're not gonna make the playoffs. Like it's right. it's too late. Like they're they're even with the record they have now, they'd they barely make the playoffs. Like, they'd have like I'm not gonna say they barely make the playoffs, but right. they wouldn't have like the best record for the playoffs. They'd be like they could be like the sixth, seventh seed, right? At, at most, right? And I'm gonna
1: give them the eighth seed at most, but I actually don't think they're gonna make the playoffs. But go ahead,
0: yeah, yeah, but it's just. But just like, like you said earlier before um episode, you, this episode you said they would literally have to go from now like undefeated, right, to actually make the playoffs.
1: Yeah, because they're ten and twenty, ten and thirty four right now. Yeah, ten and thirty four. They have the worst record in the well, they have the worst record in the league or second worst. I can't remember if it's them or Atlanta. No, it, hold on. Let's scroll up real quick. We got the an laptop. <laughs> <Yeah. court. laughs> right oh, yeah. atlanta's 10 and 33 going to state's 10 and 34 so technically going state has a worst record yeah, yeah. <laughs> with the triple single guy. right right with the triple single guy so i'm never a fan of tanking like i hate that i think teams like should, you should play if you're healthy right yeah um but like you said they're they're not gonna make the playoffs but to come back in March, they're going to be uh, like, there'll probably be 15, 20, maybe even 25 games left, right? Which yeah. means they can be very competitive in those games. Uncle Trey said it earlier. He said they'll play themselves out of the one seed. I mean, I'm sorry, out of the first pick in the draft, right? Yeah. So what do you think of Big Dog? It's
2: pointless. Like, I mean, I, I understand like wanting to play. He's right. a competitor, one of the best in the league. Right. Fans love him. So, I mean, if he came back and played, I wouldn't be mad at him, but right. I'm like, you know, if I'm the guy in the front office, I'm like, you know, why risk it? Right? Like, you know, don't do any further damage. Clay won't be back till later. right. You insert Steph Curry alone. Of course, they're slightly better mm-hmm. than like you know, where they are now with this roster. right. But until clay come came back, they really wouldn't be. A team that you're too concerned with. Yeah, I agree. So while there's like a, a couple of players in the draft that I think are high impact players, mm-hmm. and with like, you know, KD departing, like the Warriors could use another dynamic player. Right. There's maybe three, somewhat argue four in this upcoming draft. Right. And they have a really good chance of getting one of them. Yeah. Why do it? I mean, let let these young dudes play, get some experience under right. their belt. Let right. Steph rest. Yeah, make sure him and Clay add are 100 percent going into next year. Right. Because I mean, they're on the back nine. You only got a couple right. more years of you know prime Clay and Steph. So right. Just give yourself the best chance to make a run at it.
1: Yeah, I totally agree. And like I said, I'm never a fan for tanking, but I really don't see the point in them coming back. Um, yeah, because like you said, you'll play yourso- yourself out of that number one pick. Or a high lottery pick, and you do need a high impact player with KD leaving. So, yeah, mm-hmm. as much as I hate to say it, I never thought I would say it, I would just go ahead and chill.
0: Yeah, yeah. I mean, but I mean, it it, it could po- I think, I think the, the first, if they get the first pick, that player is going to be good. But I mean, it, it, there is, a, I think there is a possible chance because the Warriors, you know, have always been like, Like their offensive system is just so weird, and like the plays they run, there's always like so much relocation and everything. Like, so I mean, maybe just the bright lights for that for whoever the number one pick will be. Maybe it will be too much for them.
2: Hmm. But you gotta think that number one pick is gonna be such a low priority on the healthy Warriors team. They're coming in with no pressure on them.
1: That's a good point. Like you know, when
2: you have Steph, Clay, Draymond (laughs) out there. Maybe they keep Russell, right. and then you insult, insert a rookie. Right, There's no pressure on them. You're right. the fourth or fifth option. Right, you should be able to go out there and get busy a little bit. Yeah, and yeah. you know they got to think long term. Like the they don't have any young up and coming players unless they keep D'Angelo Russell. Like you know to kind of build toward the future and kind of work on that transition. Right, Steph is north north of thirty.
1: Right, he, so he's about to turn thirty. Is he, think, he's cl- got to be thirty. Think he's like
2: twenty nine and thirty. Yeah. He, so yeah. either way, he's, he's like I said, back nine for them. Right. Right. So if you can get a wise man, an Anthony Edwards, or right. maybe the the guy from overseas who not a hundred percent sold on yet, mm-hmm. you know, since the Luca Doncic thing, like everybody thinks he's like the next big thing to come from right, over there. Right. Right. He's not Luka.
1: Right. Right. <laughs> not too many people are. Um, real quick, there was a rumor that Golden State was. Thinking about, or I shouldn't say that. Someone put it out there that Golden State should trade D'Angelo Russell for Ben Simmons. Good move or bad move? Terrible.
2: (laughs) Well, well, actually, take that the other way. I think that would be a a great look for that team in particular if they would make that trade. Yeah.
1: Okay. Why is that?
2: Because you don't see the knock on Ben Simmons is he can't shoot the ball. Right. You have. Clay and Steph, you don't need Ben Simmons to shoot the ball. Right. He just becomes another matchup problem of a facilitator. Right. You know, somebody that can help you, especially on the defensive side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Simmons is a good defender. He is. Steph is my dude. Right. Not a defender. Right, right. I mean, he's good at getting in passing lanes and things like that. Right. But, like, you know. Got quick hands. Yeah, you put Simmons into that mix with, right. with those guys? Yeah. I take that all day. Right. What do you think, Sean? Sean.
0: Um, well, I think about the facilitator part, I mean I mean I I feel like if you run guard, if you play a point guard or like maybe even shooting guard, then you can run the facilitator. I feel like if he goes to Golden State, he can't be the point or shooting guard. I think he has to be the small the small forward or right. power forward. Right. Because like it, you and me were talking about it the other night. He's he's not a point guard. Right. If he's not a point guard in my opinion. Yeah. And I mean, like Uncle Trey said. I mean, he he doesn't need to
1: shoot. And right, he can't he, he, shoot. Either. Yeah,
0: he can't. He, he, can't <laughs> he can't shoot. He can't. He can't even create his own shot. No, he,
1: that's true. He can't really create his own. Yeah, shot. Yeah, I
0: mean, he, like you said, he just, he just becomes another matchup problem right. for the dude. And you know, he helps him a lot defensively. Right. And. I would say a five steals, but that was Kawhi the other night.
2: Okay. But why would you think he couldn't play the point for Golden State if you look at the way they play? Like, he, to me, wouldn't be too much different from the lineup when they would put Livingston in there. Because Livingston wasn't really much of a shooter, and they never really asked him to shoot the three. And, like, you know, even though Steph's technically the point guard, he's not, like, a necessarily a high-volume playmaker. I think he's maybe a six-assist-a-game kind of guy. So, I mean, I think Simmons could give you that same level of productivity and kind of take some pressure off Steph so that he isn't handling the ball as much or asked to do as much. I don't know. I think, you know, you insert a player like Simmons into Golden State in particular, take his career to another level while you still had healthy clay and Steph.
0: Yeah, but, but Ben Simmons doesn't have any moves.
2: Doesn't need him. (laughs) (laughs) When you look at him versus Livingston, all right, him in particular, because Livingston was a major part of that championship. Major, yeah. When they lost him, like people don't really respect how much they lost. Very underrated. Simmons versus him, I don't think it's that much of a gap. Right. So I mean, that's a good
1: comparison. And I actually was thinking I would compare him, uh, Ben Simmons, to Andre Iguodala. In that that lineup, because it's the the athletic point forward. Um, But Livingston, yeah, that's not a bad comparison. I think, I don't think Ben Simmons is a point guard for any team, to be honest, except for maybe that Golden State team, right? Because, like you said, he could play off the ball. He has, everyone talks about Simmons not having a jump shot. Simmons has no moves. Like Sean just said, he has no moves. He doesn't even create his own shot, right? He, um... He's great at moving off the ball, and I think that would be good with the space and pace for the Warriors.
0: Hold on. We, we have technical difficulties. <laughs> nah,
1: we good. We'll edit that part out. Um, but, yeah, no, he, he, I don't think he's a point, a point guard for any team except for maybe that Warriors team, which is funny. So I think the trade would be kind of tough, especially if they could end up getting one of those top three picks and build on that. That would be pretty pretty solid. Yeah. Yeah?
0: Yeah. I mean, it it could, but, like, unless he, like, because Ben Simmons, like, there's this one thing he does where he'll bring the ball down court, kind of move to, like, the wing, and then try to just, like, not even make a move, just, like, literally go to that same side and try to get around the dude and just completely get stopped. Right. And I feel like if he just, like, runs just straight to the basket, it doesn't allow the Warriors to get into their offensive plays and,
1: you know, their system. Yeah. I mean, but like you said, they do a good job of moving and relocating. Yeah, and he puts a lot of pressure on the defense. He gets that he's kind of like Lonzo in the sense where he does sprint the ball up the court. Um, I don't. He's not as good of a passer as Lonzo, but he is a good passer, and he is a very big and good defender. So it would be interesting to see if they actually made that happen. Yeah, it'd be interesting to see if Philly made that happen as well, right? Because they need someone to space the floor. Um, and D'Angelo Russell would obviously give them that because he's a very good shooter.
0: Yeah, and Ben Simmons, like we were saying, the, doesn't seem like he really compliments Joel.
1: No, 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 no. Because he's not, he can't space the floor. Yeah. Right. Um, he's not a good post player, and he's not a good shooter. So it's like he's just kind of out there in the way. Mm-hmm. All right. So we talked about Kyrie. Or Uncle Trey brought up Kyrie and said, "KD yeah. was like, man, forget Draymond. I'm, I'm going to holler at Kyrie." Right. <laughs> Kyrie had another controversy recently. Right. So following a loss to Philly, Kyrie said, quote, collectively, I feel like we have great pieces, but it's pretty glaring that we need one more piece or two more pieces that will complement myself, KD, DeAndre Jordan, Garrett Temple, Spencer Dinwiddie, uh, Karis LeVert, and we'll see how that evolves. So obviously, when, you know, you take an L, you're frustrated, but when you're naming players as kind of your core of the people that are going to be there going forward, you leave people out, right? And yeah. so there was some backlash on that and people saying Kyrie's insensitive. And here he is again, sticking his foot in his mouth. What do you guys think? You think it's a, a, a big deal or do you think it's just being blown out of proportion?
0: Mm, I think that, I think that it's just another case of Kyrie kind of getting in his, getting in his feelings. <laughs> and, um, just Brooklyn not really being able to win games and him not being the best leader, mm-hmm. um, for Brooklyn just like he was really in Boston he right. wasn't the best leader because, I mean they made it to the playoffs and they made they made it past Indiana pretty easy without Victor Oladipo okay so what but then they got they got to that Milwaukee series they won the first game and then just after that Kyrie they imploded, right? yeah Kyrie was terrible mm-hmm. and they couldn't they couldn't do anything so. And the, and then he see then he came to Brooklyn and it seems like he's basically doing the same thing, not being the best leader. Right. And again, getting his feelings and saying saying like things about his team that just doesn't need
1: to be said and probably right. really kept to himself. Pretty unnecessary, right? Yeah. Yeah. Big Trey, what you think, man?
2: Only reason it's not a big deal is because Brooklyn has low expectations for this season anyway. Right. And, you know, next year, you know, the man himself, KD, comes back. At 33. It it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. KD comes back. He's, like, deodorant for that team, you know, covers up all the stink. (laughs) Like, so, like, Kyrie now, he's just kind of, like, trying to change the narrative about him because I think it's it's a proven thing that, you know, Kyrie doesn't make your team better. Right. As a matter of fact, when you put him in most lineups, you know, Your team takes a step backwards. Right. I think it was glaring when they played in the playoffs, when Boston played in the playoffs without him, Mm -hmm. and then last year playing with him, right? they look like a different team. And now that he's back up out of there, Boston looks incredible. Yeah, they do. When he was the man in Cleveland, they were in contention for that number one pick every year. Right. He goes to Brooklyn, pretty much the same roster. Right. They look worse. right? But, you know, KD comes back, Brooklyn's going to be fine because, you know... KD's going to be there. Right, right. He's no longer the man. He's a great Robin, can never be Batman. Right. And so, like, you know, all of his comments about complimentary pieces kind of goes out the window because yeah. KD becomes the man and nobody wants to talk to Kyrie anymore. Anyway. <laughs> right. So it's it's not going to be a big deal. Like, they're going to be the AC again, just like the A-seed in the West. If, they, if the standings, like, the season ends today... They go to Milwaukee, get swept. Right. They're home early. Right. So, I mean, yeah. I just don't think this really matters either way.
1: Right. And Milwaukee, indeed, blew them out yesterday pretty easily. Giannis was in foul trouble the whole first half and still ended up, you know, just killing them. Um, but I think both of y'all are right. Like you said, I don't think it's going to matter in the long run because KD will come back and put everyone in their proper place. And I do think, actually, Kyrie is right about them needing another piece to be title contenders. Like, with their current roster, if you add a KD, I think they can maybe win the East, but I think they need another piece to put them over the hump. But to Sean's point, it's like, it's so unnecessary to say that. Like, why would you do anything that's going to be divisive in your locker room, right? Um, Especially when you kind of have a history of doing that. But maybe because he does have a history of doing that, it's like uh, Denny Green said, he is who we thought he was. Like, there's enough evidence to show, like you were saying, Big Trey, like, He's not a great leader, right? He didn't lead well. Duke, they got knocked out in the first round. You know he only played like nine or ten games, but he didn't win anything there. With Cleveland, they were horrible there. And then with Boston, they took a step back when he was playing. And uh Brooklyn, the same thing. So, yeah, I think... Um, it won't matter going forward in the long run, but I think it was totally unnecessary to say that.
2: That was being said, what was the context in what he said that? Like all I heard were the quotes and all of that, but what was like the setup that prompted him to make that statement?
1: That's that's a great question. And I didn't see in my, my limited research what the question was. I do know it was following the loss against Philly, so like I said, I'm sure he was frustrated. Um But I'm not sure if maybe they said, you know, do you feel like you need one more piece or whatever? I just think that when, like, not to say that obviously athletes should just be athletes or public speakers should just be public speakers. But I think it's a very unique person that can kind of combine those two at a high level. You know what I mean? So it's like you hoop and Kyrie's obviously a very intelligent guy and a very thoughtful guy. And I think... Probably a great guy off the court and very talented on the court. With that being said, it's like you have to have a certain amount of tact when you're addressing certain issues. And so when you start naming actual people, then that becomes an issue, right? It's like you can't name drop six, seven people, but you got 12 people on the active roster because then
2: you're going to leave someone out. Hey,
1: what's well, right? his
2: defense on that though? You <laughs> get to them last four to five. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, interchangeable at that moment. Right, right. like, he just happened to be
1: there at that moment. Right, and I agree, but it would be totally different. Like, LeBron, for all the flack that he got last year about quote unquote getting people traded, right? That's LeBron. Like he's one of the top five or ten best players of all time. Three championships, like it's LeBron. You can go you know, I can go on and on about his resume, right? Kyrie hasn't won anything aside from being, like you said, a Robin to the Batman, right? And so it's like if you if he had a better track record of leadership, then I think this blows over easily, right? If MJ says this, if Kobe says this, right? Maybe even if KD says it, even though he's kind of like up and down when it comes to emotional <laughs> stuff, the burner Twitter accounts and all that, right? If he was just a more I don't want to not polished if he was a more decorated player, which sounds crazy because Kyrie is obviously very good, but if he was more decorated, I think it rolls like it just you know gets tossed to the side pretty quickly.
2: Well, that and if there weren't some evidence that suggests even this Brooklyn team is better when he's not but, playing, right,
1: exactly, exactly. If he, if he didn't just miss what is it, twelve or fifteen games with a shoulder, like a mysterious shoulder injury, right where he's even like, I'm not sure what's wrong with my shoulder; it just doesn't feel right. Those guys that are on the court, they're like, man, we're playing every game, right? So how are you just going to come kind of take shots at us by omission and then think that we're going to be okay with it? So that those are my thoughts on that. So let, let's uh, wrap it up with someone who's actually trending up these days, right? And that's Trey's boy. He was on, high on him early, Zach Levine. This guy, man. He he like so okay, full disclosure, if you guys don't know, the Bulls are terrible. They're absolutely terrible. Their roster construction is weird. I don't know where this coach came from. No disrespect to him, but I never heard of this guy, right? But Zach Levine, he's almost must see TV, in my opinion, right? Yeah. And so Dwayne Wade, um, well, Zach Levine dropped 43. Uh, on Indiana, even though they lost, this was like maybe a week or two ago, right? But Dwayne Wade said on Twitter, I can't say it enough. Zach Levine is a problem. I can't wait to watch him over the next few years blossom. Zach Levine's only 24, right? So what do you guys think is the, the trajectory for Zach Levine? What do you think his, his ceiling is? Do you think in a better situation he could be an MVP caliber player? Or is he just a looter and a riot and he's getting numbers on a bad team?
2: I think he'd be good. Like, I don't think he has MVP caliber in him. Just because of the other players in the league, like, he's about the same age as, like, a Giannis. Right. So, I mean, for years, he's going to be in that MVP talk. Right. You know, dudes like Harden, you're averaging 37 a game on a team winning. Right, right. I don't think in this situation he has MVP level ceiling in him. right. Um, I wouldn't call him a looter on a ride because I do think in the right situation, he makes a good team that much better. I agree. But as you were saying, like with this Bulls team, I don't understand the direction they're going. (laughs) Me neither. They got the young big man from Duke. I can't remember his name off the top of my head. Is it Carter? Wendell Carter? Yeah, Wendell
1: Carter Jr. You got him,
2: and then you got my man Kobe on the bench. (laughs) Right, who shoots any and everything. (laughs) That's why I love him. (laughs) He puts that joint up. in his hair. in. In his hair. What?
1: yeah you seen it I don't just a little him. random filming <laughs> and his hair like, right
2: <laughs> shots of that man there. you got a big bush too
0: no but his hair is, oh my
2: god it's OC it's out of control mm-hmm. <laughs> hey, I like Kobe just because of his heart that dude came in as a rookie saying I will shoot whatever I want <laughs> right and he does yeah he-, <laughs> <laughs> he absolutely does So, yeah, I think with that, how, like where it looks like they're going, I don't think the Bulls will get much better unless they can move a few things around. And I don't think, like, when it comes time for Kobe to move into that starting lineup and play with Zach Levine, I don't think that pairing goes well. Me neither. Not at all. I don't know how many years he has left on his contract, but I think he would definitely be a major add, like, you know, when he becomes available to another team. Right. No, I agree.
0: Well, um, I think right now Zach Levine is probably like at his ceiling. I don't really think Zach Levine is gonna like improve because he he's doing like you say he's he's dropping but like forty three. He he's got some nights where he be like in the high forties. He he's sco- he scores thirty or something like that. He's averaging twenty five right now for the season, but I just don't see him like moving forward. Like I don't really see him dropping like. 28 to 30 points per game mm-hmm. um I think right now it's probably just like he's at his ceiling even though he's only 24 he's got some time left mm-hmm. just I, I
1: I you think I, he's tapped out?
0: yeah I, I, I think he's tapped out I mean I I think for a couple more years he can maybe do do this and maybe improve like to like 26 27 but you know like I, I don't know if he's gonna really like start dogging and, like, leading the Bulls to, to like, the playoffs, right. really.
2: Well, see, so f- follow up on that, though. So you're saying, like, the Bulls in particular. So that's where your dad and I agree. As currently constructed, you know, yeah, this is about what you can expect from him. Right. But you don't think if he was in a situation where you had to guard at least one other person on the court. Like, Mark and then, I like him. He, he's not going to take over a game. He's nah. not really going to dominate. No, he's
1: actually terrible this year. He took a step back. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah. But, like, you know, if you put Zach Levine and paired him, maybe not even with, like, a superstar, mm-hmm. but, like, another star player, like, you don't think that he can improve, improve upon where he is right now?
0: Mm, I think you pair him with, like, a star, like, maybe, like, Victor Oladipo or something. Mm-hmm. Like I think they could, they could definitely make the playoffs and be like scary, like in the East. But I don't, I don't, I don't see them really like getting to, like the Eastern Conference Finals. I, I think Milwaukee or by next year Brooklyn, just would get them up out of there and <laughs> just, yeah. I, so I don't really know what else I can really say. About so
1: it. I would love to see Zach Levine pair with another star. Um, he's never played with another star. And in particular, he's never played with an all-star caliber point guard that can set the table for him. He has to make almost every play on his own. Like I watched, we watched the Bulls game the other night and Kobe came in jacking that joint. We were just laughing about that. because he comes off the bench and he shoots anything. But I'm watching, I'm like nothing, nobody's making anything easy for Zach Levine at all, right? So I would love to see him play in like Dallas with Luka and with the floor spread uh, with Luka and Chris Stapps. Luka makes the game so much easier for people. Him and Lonzo, Rondo, LeBron, guys that really have that elite-level passing, Chris Paul as well, um, they make the game easier for people. So I would love to see him on that Dallas team, see him getting up and down the floor. But more so, I would love to see him with my hometown Wizards. Oh no! Right, no. like so. Hold on, hear me I out. Hear It'd me be out. like the
0: same thing, kind
1: of. Hear me out now. Do I think that we do a good job of developing talent, and and are we uh, a premier destination spot for people? Probably not. But I'm being selfish, right? I'm not being ad- objective in saying this, right? When you get John Wall back, who does have elite level passing, right? Say what you want about the other stuff, but he's an elite. Uh, passer yeah. right and you have bradley bill someone who can shoot the ball and make plays we have a gap since we signed auto porter to a max dumb that was dumb yeah. and then let kelly Oubre go that was also dumb yeah. right we yeah. have a hole at our at our three spot so i would love to have zach levine come in that would be pretty exciting to watch that one two and three right there are we gonna win the championship of course not But it'll be fun to watch. And we get a lot of... Zach Levine is an elite athlete.
0: Definitely. Elite athlete. Especially
1: off one foot. Oh, my God. He's one of the best one foot jumpers slash dunkers that we've ever seen, right? Yeah. So, I would love to see him playing with a, a premier point guard that can get him, hit him out on the wing. And let him just get busy.
0: Yeah, wait, wait. Would Zach Levine and Bradley Beal be able to start, though? Who would you put at that small forward position?
1: we you going to put Zach Levine. He's a little bigger, right? And put Bradley Beal to two. All right. So, What,
2: what do you think Zach Levine would look like if they would have left him in, in
1: Minnesota? Minnesota? I'm just so confused by them. I'm totally confused by them. Because yeah. on one night, Carl Anthony Towns looks amazing. And on the next night, he looks disinterested. And the same thing with Andrew Wiggins. He like you were high on Andrew Wiggins even back when he was at Kansas. And I can see why his athleticism is crazy. His ceiling is crazy. And there are a couple of times where I'm like, he's the best player on the floor. And then there are other times where I'm like, I forgot he was on the floor for like five minutes. He just doesn't. They're they're like uh, low impact players. They don't really impose their will on the game, so to speak. I don't care.
2: I think there was a time where Carl Anthony Towns did, but just watching them, I just don't think they like each other. I think maybe you're right. Like, there's no
1: chemistry there. Yes, I
2: think it's more of a team problem. Like, if you were to separate those guys out, right? I think it's due to the lack of success. Yeah, and I think that was a horrible trade, trading Zach Levine for uh, the young dude that uh, the young point guard that the Bulls drafted.
1: Oh right, right. Ooh. Oh, I can't think right now.
2: I see the dude's face. Right. I think he wore, like, number seven. But, like, he was a more of, like, a defensive point guard. Right. And was you know, it Tyce Jones? Nah.
1: No. No, nah, he's a no. backup point guard. Yeah,
2: yeah, like, you know, you, you sent Zach Levine away, who, again, when those dudes were together and young, they looked like they were trending in the right
1: direction. Yeah, I agree. I totally agree.
2: So, I mean, if you throw him in that mix, like, you know, with Wiggins, with Carl Anthony Towns, and then you just need a veteran somewhere.
1: Right.
0: Wait, was it Jeff T?
2: Nah. Teague is on the team now, or was last year.
1: Right. Well, and now he just got traded. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, back to the Hawks. Um, But yeah, no, I think you hit it right on the head. They were trending in the right direction. If I'm a GM, what what was it, two, three years ago, and I have Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, and Carl Anthony Towns, I'm really excited about that, right? And I can see why Minnesota signed Wiggins and Cat to Max Deals, right? Even though that was a little bit of a gamble, but it's like, they, their upside is tremendous. But maybe you're right. Maybe they don't get along or maybe they're just... Maybe it's not that they actively dislike each other, but they just don't have good chemistry. Yeah. Kind of like Ben Simmons and uh Joel, Joel and B. B. Like, when I watch them, I don't feel like they have good chemistry at all. No. Right? I don't know if, like, somebody, like, hollered at someone's girlfriend or, like, someone beat someone in 2K and is still on the grudge. I don't know what it is, but they don't look like they click at all.
0: Yeah, it... I, I don't know. Maybe there's just like no duos for young like young people, young stars, or I, I don't know what it is. Just I don't, like you said, <laughs> they just, they just they don't have any they they don't have any chemistry. Yeah. And just it it just, it just really isn't working for Minnesota. Like no. like I I remember one one night back to your point. I want to go back to your point where it was like um you was talking about. Carl Anthony Towns was a little disinterested sometimes. Mm-hmm. AD dropped like 50 on the on the Timberwolves. And Carl Anthony Towns somehow wasn't guarding him. They let right. Robert Covington guard right. him.
1: Right. Yeah, I remember that. That's a great point. Yeah. That's a great point. Yeah, I mean, AD, oh, I'm sorry, uh Carl Anthony Towns has to take that matchup, right? It's like you hear the the greats and the vets talk about the game within the game, right? And I know we bring up Jordan a lot on this podcast. But that was one thing where Jordan really took the game within the game personally. Like, I'm going to dominate this matchup um, in order to give my team confidence, in order to break the will of the other team, whatever it may be, but I'm going to win the game within the game. And that's a great point because I remember that game when we were like, what in the world is Cat doing? He should be going at AD because AD is just a monster. I mean, he's the the gold standard right now for a big man.
0: Yeah, and, and it, there was even times where like, he would take like eighty. Would take Robert Covington to the paint, and Carl Anthony Towns is not doing anything. Right, right. Like, come on, that's two people right there. Like, right. How, like, how, how? First of all, how are you not taking this matchup like you said? And then, like, you, you gotta stop him. You gotta impact the shot. You're not doing anything. Right. Just letting him go to work on Robert Covington, who's like a whole <laughs> right. like half a foot taller than him. <laughs> right. Was,
1: yeah. Was no, that that's crazy. Yeah. That's coaching. That is. I mean, part of that's coaching. Definitely. But if I'm on the court. I'm going to guard. Like, you're not telling me that I'm not guarding the best player and the best player is a fellow big man if I'm a big, right? No, I'm going to guard that person. You can sub me out if you want to, but nah, bro. Hey, go get him. I got the brow, right? And they both, because Cap went to Kentucky too, right? Yep. Oh, nah. And you a Kentucky dude? I got to be the best Kentucky player on this floor.
2: It's That's not, it's not an option.
1: <laughs> <laughs> you say AD is just that far yeah, above him.
2: Like they're not even in the same conversation when you're talking about talent, even coming out of college, right? No, there's, I agree with that. There's a reason AD's team won the championship. Right, and Carl Anthony Towns didn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, I agree, but I'm just saying personally, Carl Anthony Towns is the number one pick, right? Out of Kentucky, he's a big man. I got to look at that and be like, nah, dog. You're not about to just do this to my man, Robert Covington, right? I'm about to go out here and show out, and I'm going to be the best player. Like, what, what does what does that do for your team, right? When you see that your, your supposed best player is not even stepping up to the challenge. But on the flip side, if you do step up to that challenge, and you happen to win that matchup, it's like, yo, okay, like... Yeah, well, we can rock with them. You know what I mean.
2: And like yeah. Sean said earlier, that's a big if. <laughs> <That's> a huge <laughs> if. Huge. I might even like Covington better in that matchup. Come on, man! On AD, Carl Covington's like six six, man. You watch Carl Anthony Towns play on the defensive end. One, he doesn't move his feet that well. He doesn't. He and doesn't. Then, like it's his positioning, like he he just doesn't have good like. I guess defensive IQ. Yeah, no, that's a good point. Covington's a heck of a defender. He just has no business guarding Anthony Davis. No, no. But, yeah, nah, I don't know, man. I think Cap might have got it worse. Right.
0: Yeah, Karl Towns is also soft. Like, he, oh wow, like, he, wow, okay. I just he, went straight for the jugular. Okay. He he he, okay. he don't he don't he don't like to post up on nobody. He always stays back to the out. post. <laughs> yeah, he, he always he always out to the three point line. Like you, he he's like. Like, if someone else drives, like, if, like, last year or this year even, if, if like, Wiggins would drive, like, he'd just be out there in the corner just, like, looking for the ball and just not being in the post. Like, what are you doing? Like, you have to be in the post. You are a – you are – what people some people say in all-star big man
1: right so what some you, people say yes
0: yeah, some some people say i mean not not me not <laughs> not, not here but like major shots fired. yeah yeah but, <laughs>
2: this dude's unloading
0: the clip yeah yeah but yeah but still but ain't, ain't like he has to be in the paint just dominating like right. I, I don't understand how he's, he's not
2: gonna be in the paint i think people gotta stop having expectations that are unrealistic for some of these kids right like you said before as much as I liked Wiggins like you know seeing him play in the EYBL then watching him play at Kansas and right. coming into the league yeah like all those comparisons he was drawing I'm like he is not that dude when they were talking about he needs to be like a Kobe type player right, right. Like, you know be that two-way dominant player I'm like mm-hmm. if that's your expectations you've obviously paid no attention to this kid's makeup from the time he was in high school to his year at Kansas right. and coming into the league right like people are who they are and I yeah. think that's something that you know the difference between the teams that have good front offices and bad right. is they know who they're drafting like that's a good point the Spurs they draft a bunch of unknown players But they get the most out of them because they understand what they have and how to use it. That's a great point. Like Wiggins was never that dude. You you can't find any one of his coaches that said he was that mentally dialed in dude. Right, right. I think because if he was, LeBron wouldn't have wanted him traded. Right. That's a. I mean, there's a reason. Like you know, (laughs) before he even got to put on put on that (laughs) Cleveland jersey, LeBron was like, "Nah, bro,
1: (laughs) out of there, out of there." LeBron keeps his ear to the streets. But like, I mean. Is it fair though for people to expect that? Because that's what I'm saying. It's we, not. But so okay, you're saying it's not. But Wiggins was and Cat were both number one picks. So it's like of course. And they, I mean, Cat is a very good player. He's very skilled, right? And he's huge. Wiggins is very skilled and he's crazy athletic, right? Yeah. So it's like if you're if you have that amount of upside and potential and you're a number one pick, I think it's only natural for people to assume. That you're going to be a certain caliber of player, and they both got paid max money.
2: Everybody gets max money in the league. <laughs> I said even Drake yeah, Money. Right? Well, come on, Auto- man. Auto border. <laughs> That's a good point. Auto border. I-, I throw salary out the window. Okay. Because in the NBA, it's not like the NFL. The NFL, you actually have to be that dude to right. get your money. Right. Right. But again, like you, as you know from playing all your life, right more than half of basketball is mental and right. it's like i just don't think they're actually talking to these kids that they're drafting
1: that's a good point
2: like one they they you're drafting literally kids yeah so i think at the age of 18 19 you put them in the league and then you expect that like you know that switch to flip right That's a terrible expectation. That's a great point. Like again, like when you watch Kobe in high school, you saw he was a different dude.
1: He had that dog
2: in him. Yeah, you watch Wiggins in high school. He was he was finesse. Right, right. You know, I saw I got to see him in person on a couple occasions. Right. He he was never the same that same guy that Kobe was. Right, like, that's something that's in you or it's not. Right, right. And then when that's you, a fact, yeah, when you draft them and you're like, yep, he's gonna change. That's, that's your fault. <laughs> right,
1: like, right, right, right. Nah. So you're saying the front office needs to do a better job of actually like accepting these guys for who they are, not just physically, but mentally.
2: Right. Like, if you think about, go, if you go back in the years you've been watching basketball, like, find me the player that you can say, flip that switch Right. once they got into the league. Right. That's a great and point. I think when you have a 19-year-old kid, he is the number one pick. Yeah. And then all of those expectations come down on a kid. Yeah. He's 19. Yeah. And then, you know, the the press, the fans, they turn on you quick. That's I a think fact. that's a lot for them to absorb. And yeah, they, they you turn
1: know, real. That pivot is mean. Yeah, because
2: I mean, think about, think about how old is Wiggins now? Maybe 24, 25. I don't think he's 25. He, I but, feel
0: like he'd be around like
1: 23, maybe. Like, hold on. He, we we got to go to the handy-dandy Googles.
2: Internet in the pockets clutch. <laughs> <He was like laughs> right. 24, probably. 24. Yeah. Okay, 24. so he's 24. Yeah. And you got to think about it. At that age, they've already like, he's taken years of this. You're not living up to expectations. Right, right. Base. like, Hey, man, like, the league is tough. Yeah. The league is tough. So, I mean, people don't change. You are who you are. You just got to know how to get the best out of them. Yeah. Instead of, well, you need to change, you know, so you can be like this other guy.
1: Right. Not going to happen. Never. Yo, hey, that was a word right there. Yeah. Somebody need to would. make a trade a GM.
2: <laughs> <laughs> nah, I couldn't be a GM in the aisle, man. <laughs> Give it to these youngest straight, though, no, man. Bruh, as soon as you would have paid somebody, you know, auto-porter money, <laughs> then i <I'd> flip out. <laughs> right. No. I, <laughs> be a fight in there <laughs> All right, Uncle Trey's a big dude
1: So we don't want that to happen A week, no. couple
2: weeks in I had one of them Magic press conferences like, oh, <laughs> I'm out. Right I'm going back to being Trey Yeah see I'm a, I'm a regular dude So just a couple of weeks Of a GM paycheck Would change my life So I just <laughs> right. Collect a couple of those checks You want to pay who? What? <laughs>
1: Yo, hey, and with that being said, that's all we got on our sheet for the day, fellas. Yeah. This has been great, man. Thank you again, Uncle Trey, for being our first guest. Yeah. Appreciate like, it. Like, came through and killed it. Yeah, clap it up for him. He came through and killed it like we knew he would. Yeah. Y'all got any more uh, closing stuff?
2: Nah, yeah. you know. Uh-huh. When I come back, I gotta come back before the draft. Okay, definitely. Talk definitely. about who your number
1: one pick is. Hey, that's a fact, man. Yo, and we'll make sure uh, next time we have a have a hoop life gear for you. <laughs> Sean's wearing the hoodie right now. Shout out to my man Joy Butler with a top notch. Um, Top-Notch Ambition, or I'm not sure what his company name is. Yo, but he made made the hoodies. Yo, he made my Ambition hat. I'm sorry. Joey Butler. And Joey Butler is a hell of a basketball player. I'll see him in the morning up at Lifetime. Hopefully, we're on the same team because I don't feel like guarding him tomorrow. Yo, so um, thank you again, Uncle Trey. Like I said, we'll have that shirt for you next time you come through. Or actually, I'm sure we'll see you before then because, like I said, it's my my number one guy. But uh, Sean, you want to take us out, man?
0: Uh, yeah. So uh, thank you guys again for listening to another episode of the Hoop Life with Sean Shaw podcast, episode 11. Um, so, um, so please subscribe. Please um, write a comment. You know, let us know how you feel. Um, let us know if we're doing a good job. Um, please um rate us. Um, whatever you feel is you know. Like all the
1: stars, man. Yeah, yeah, all all stars. Yeah, yeah. How how about now? Whatever you feel, just all the stars. Yeah, just all the stars.
0: (laughs) That that would be really nice. Yeah. Yeah, and um, we're on all um podcast platforms. Let me. I'm gonna go ahead and name some of them for you. Um, we're on Spotify, um, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and all other podcast platforms that you can think of. Like I said.
1: Every Monday, every Monday morning, yeah. we come to y'all for the rest of the season. Yeah. We we'll have a, a fresh episode for you so you can tune in on your way into work. When you're blown that it's another Monday, <laughs> you can tune into The Hoop Life with Sean and Sean, yes. and we'll cheer you up, man. Shout out to Uncle Victor, too, for getting this set up yeah. with the studio. We really appreciate it, man.
0: Yeah, th- this might have been like our longest episode. I feel I, like. I
1: think so, man. At
0: least an hour. Well,
1: you know, we could talk to to Uncle Trey for hours. This is what <laughs> we do. This is what we grew up doing, man. Yeah. Since the '80s, baby, early
2: '80s. Yeah. And just wait till the playoffs when y'all gotta see claw on them.
0: <laughs> man, I'm telling you, AD and Ron <laughs> and Lakers. <so.
1: laughs> Look, they about to start up a whole another episode, man.
0: Yep, definitely.
1: <laughs> right now. All right so we out of here yeah all right hey thanks for tuning in y'all peace peace